The following is a message by Professor Josh Van E. of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or Westminster Seminary, visit us online at westcal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. All right, you may be seated. Let's uh, turn to our Lord in prayer before we read his word. Dear Heavenly Father, you are the one who has brought salvation, brought salvation through your work, and it is only to you that we can turn, only to you that we can turn for hope and for help, in this world, as we come to you, sinners in need of grace. And we rejoice in your word and pray that you will edify us through it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So our text for this morning is Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 30. Mark 7, verses 24 through 30. Jesus got up and went away from there to the region of Tyre. And when he had entered a house, he wanted no one to know of it, yet he could not escape notice. But after hearing of him, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately came and fell at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of the Syrophoenician race. And she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he was saying to her, Let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. And he said to her, Because of this answer, go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And going back to her home, she found the child lying on the bed, the demon having left. In this uh, account, we have Jesus traveling his farthest into Gentile regions. He goes to the region of Tyre, Tyre located on the coast. And, uh, and some commentators, as they wrestle, you know, why, why is Jesus going to there, they tie it back to uh, chapter 6, verse 31, where Jesus first went out to remote regions to find rest for him and his disciples. And they think, you know, maybe, again, that's what Jesus is, uh, is seeking to do. But Mark doesn't tell us. Um, instead, he does tell us that this was not a publicity trip. Uh, Jesus was not out there to openly teach and preach. Uh, Instead, he enters a house and he doesn't want anyone to know about it. Um, But Jesus is not able to hide very well. And as the news got out, it traveled to this woman, this certain woman. And immediately after hearing, she comes. A use of uh, euthus by Mark as it drives his gospel along. 
she hears this and sets out. And as she's going, um, almost, we, we get the account of why she's going. Um, what is this? Why is she coming to Jesus? And it's said that her little daughter had an unclean spirit. And so she comes to Jesus and falls at his feet. Now, there's a couple ties in this verse back to the account of Jairus' daughter, Jairus' daughter. Uh, it's the only uses of little girl um, in, uh, in the whole New Testament. And they're the only two ones who come to Jesus and fall at his feet. Um, and so we see some ties between them. And so we wonder who this woman is who's come to Jesus, who's come as he's trying to hide in this house and come in and, uh, and fallen at his feet. Well, Mark doesn't leave us in suspense very long. Uh, instead, he identifies this woman for us in verse 26. Now the woman was a Gentile of the Syrophoenician race. Uh, what is the point? She's not a Jew. Uh, the word uh, used there, you know, describes her as a Greek. But by uh, saying also that she was born in Syrophoenicia, we know here Greek is not so much her nationality, but it's to identify her as non-Jewish, as not a Hebrew, as not of the promised line. She was a Gentile. She was outside. And so now we can have even a greater contrast with uh, Jairus and his daughter. That man, a man, a Jew, even a synagogue leader, but now we have a woman, a Gentile. Um, why has she come? What does she have to do with Israel's Messiah? Well, we, we then get her request. Uh, she wants Jesus to cast out the demon from her daughter to... Uh, to uh, heal her little girl. And Jesus responds to her with what at first seems to be a somewhat shocking rebuke, at least to our ears. Uh, we read his response in verse uh, 27. And he was saying to her, Let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Well, he's speaking, obviously, in metaphor, and I think we could even say in a parable here. His response is as a parable, and it's, it's not so hard to see through it. Who are the children? Um, well, this is uh, you know, very important Old Testament language of the designation for Israel. These are the ones, right? Israel, the Jews, they're the ones who are called my son, by Yahweh in the Old Testament. They are identified as the children. They are the chosen ones. They are the heirs of the promise, the heirs of the covenant. They are the children, and he says, let these children first be satisfied. Why should I take my ministry to Israel and instead take it away from them and throw it to the dogs? That identifies who the dogs are, um, those who are outside, 
outside of the covenant, outside of the promise. And uh, dog, as a reference to Gentile, was used uh, elsewhere. We see some examples of it, uh, especially in some rabbinical writings. Uh, They were dogs because dogs were unclean, especially as you thought of what they ate, uh, what they did. Uh, So this strikes us as rather harsh language. Um, He's identifying her as the dog. And why should she have any right to him? Why should he respond to her request? And as we think of his uh, response here, we must remember that Jesus was in his ministry, his earthly ministry, to go to the lost of Israel. The barrier between Jew and Gentile had not yet been broken down by the fulfillment of his work. The barrier that uh, Paul talks about in Ephesians. So we could talk of this woman that uh, she was a Gentile excluded from citizenship in Israel, a foreigner of the covenants, and she was without hope and without God in the world. And so his response at first seems to be a full rebuke to her, and a rather harsh rebuke at that. But upon closer inspection, we see something more. And this is especially taken up with her answer. She takes his parable and she uses it to press her request. Because the word that Jesus used as dog was not the word commonly used when uh, Jews referred to Gentiles as dog. This is little dog. The big dogs that they usually spoke of were the ones outside. They lived beyond the uh, home. Often they were without owner. Uh, They were unclean. But these were the little dogs. These were the pet dogs. These were the ones that were inside, that played with the children, that were even under the table. And so she grasps grasps on the uh, parable he makes here and says, I may not be a child, but if you allow me to be a little dog, one who's among these chosen among the elect of Israel, that little dog, when the children are eating, where is it? It is under the table. And what does it do? It eats the crumbs. Uh, And so she uses probably what's uh, best rendered here, a gnomic present to, to state this is what is normally true of these little dogs. And so that is why um, I can press this request. She has no no priority to the bread, but yet Jesus, in, uh, in his response, left it open that, uh, that yet he still might uh, answer her request. And, uh, and so in her response, we see that she has not balked. She has not thought it too much to be labeled as this little dog. Uh, instead, she grasps at it as a way for Jesus to answer her an opportunity to have him respond to her request. And in this, we see her showing more understanding than the children. Jesus speaks in parables in Mark, 
And it's said so that they will hear but not understand. He always ends his parable, if you have ears, uh, let him hear. And here is this woman. She has correctly understood the parable. And she has responded rightly to Jesus because of it. And so Jesus responds again to her. Her plea is answered because of what she has said. Uh, He says in uh, verse 29, Because of this, go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. Her plea showed understanding, faith, and so Jesus has responded to it. But in this, we also shift from being amazed at the woman now to being amazed at who it is she has faith in. Because Jesus does not say, all right, let's go and find your daughter and I will heal her. He doesn't utter any command. There's no words that are expressly addressed to this demon. He just says, go, the demon has gone out. And we could tie this in with the, uh, the, cha- the, uh, the rest of this chapter where at the end they're amazed. He does all things well. He makes even the deaf hear and the mute speak. Here he is also the one we stand amazed at because even the demons obey him from a distance without a word. He says it has happened. He just tells the woman to go because he has already healed her daughter. And the phrase or the passage ends with her going back home and finding the child on the bed, the demon having left. It is all as Jesus said. He is the one who has authority. So as we look at this, we need to remember that Jesus in his earthly ministry did have a specific mission. The uh, parallel to this in Matthew brings it out even more as Jesus says to the woman, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And yet here we have the future Gentile mission already breaking in. It is the beginning of the fulfillment that uh, is spoken of in Isaiah 49.6. Um, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of earth. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. This is Jesus, the Savior of the world. And so I think it's fitting that in this text we have this Gentile falling at Jesus' feet and addressing him, Lord. Interestingly, the only time that anybody in the gospel calls Jesus Lord. So, as we think about this, may we not marvel at her faith, but may we marvel at the object of her faith. This woman came with nothing to offer Jesus, with no rights to press, no claim on him, She was hopeless and helpless in the world, and Jesus had compassion on her, and he offered her life. And she was not too proud to.
to cling to it, to cling to his words. And so also all of us, both Jew and Gentile, as we stand before our God, our creator, are hopeless and helpless in this world. Nothing to bring to our Savior. Instead, we likewise need to cling to his offer of salvation. And may we never be too proud, too proud in ourselves to do that. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, your grace and love amazes us and encourages us. May we not think too highly, more highly than we ought of ourselves. May we instead know our sinful condition and the amazing promise, the amazing offer you have given through Jesus Christ. And may we cling to that and may it spur us on for all that you have called us to. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.